You are listening to Cape Shit, a podcast taking a chronological and often spoiler-heavy look into the Marvel Cinematic Universe films, one film at a time. Okay, let's get this show on the road, gang. Meet a sulky, over-funky, kinda hunky superhero A two-fisted and electrically transistored superhero An exotically neurotic and aquatic superhero The Marvel superheroes have arrived Super-powered from the forehead to the toes Watch them change their very shape before your nose See our cane-striking superhero change to Viking superhero A humbling and real swing and shield flinging superhero They're the latest, they're the greatest, ultimate superheroes The Marvel superheroes have arrived Jonas Stark makes you feel he's a cool exec with a heart of steel And Iron Man all gets a place All right, and welcome to episode seven of Cape Shit, the podcast in which I and a regular group of characters sit and talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because that's a thing that we do. Um, these are incredibly obscure movies that no one has ever heard of, um, which is why we, we really want to shine some light onto um, these films. I don't know. It's fine. Anyway, uh, today we are going to be talking about Iron Man 3, the uh, the first official film of Phase 2. Um, which I know everyone has decided to to be in the midst of uh, phase two here, and uh, let's uh, go through the uh, the cast here. I'm Daniel. Um, I'm the I guess the main host of this one, uh, joined by my uh, kind of regular, uh, always co-host on Tim Bedos uh, here. Uh, Lee, say hi, Lee. Dad's leave, Daniel. You don't have to be a pussy about it. Uh, I'm not, but no, it's fine. <laughs> also, that, that is a oh, quote. That, that's I, I guess, Robert Downey Jr. Know. being a prick. I yeah, no, no, it. I get it, I get it, I get it, we're good. Uh, also joined by uh, Carrie, say hi, Carrie. Hello! What's going and on, Greg? Hi, how are you? <laughs> awesome. I feel Carrie, Carrie could be like a Mandarin-type character, we just need to get him the right accent. He's got the beard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Trevor, Trevor Slattery. And so, uh, yeah, that's our that's our cast. Uh, we're going to be sitting here. We're going to be talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and uh, we're going to talk about Iron Man three. Uh, before we get there, which one is Iron Man three? Well, it's the third Iron Man film. It is the one with oh. the little kid and the exploding people people who can melt metal with their fingers, which is always fun. It's the one uh, written and directed by Shane Black, who you may know from uh, Lethal Weapon and uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and The Long Kiss Good Night. And uh, yeah, so uh, as we like to do in this one, this one did win its weekend, as all of these films have. Just to put us back in that headspace, back in uh, May 2013, May 3rd, 2013, um, number one, Iron Man 3. Number two, Pain and Gain. <laughs> number three, 42. Uh, number what? four was Oblivion. And number five was The Crudes. Pain and um, Gain wasn't right. terrible. Yeah. That was like the, what, the one good Michael Bay film, if I remember that correctly? Was that the one that was like with uh, was The Rock and they the, was cooking, barbecuing people? Yeah, pa- no, Pain and Gain was the one about like the weightlifters that were yeah. like criminals or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, it sounds like most. 
well-known movies just stayed out of this movie's way that weekend. That's yeah. pretty much, I, I think as we move forward in this series, that's pretty much what we're going to run into. So uh, let's start with you, Greg. Uh, cool. When was the first time you saw this film, and uh, what are your kind of general impressions? I saw it either during its theatrical run, not in the theater through other means, or when it came on DVD. I honestly do not remember. I did not see it in the theater. And uh, overall thoughts? Initial impressions. So of the big three series, I'm not – well, Thor is a little different, but actually Captain America too. So I'm, I'm stupid. I'm just talking weirdly. No. So of the Iron Man series, that's what I'm going to focus on. I love the first Iron Man movie. I don't really like either one of the sequels all that much. I debate whether I like this one or Iron Man 2 uh, more. I think possibly I lean towards this one, but I'm not entirely sure. Um so yeah, to me, it's none of the Marvel movies are bad. I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it sort of falls maybe in the middle, middle bottom for me. I'm not in love with this movie. I think Tony Stark is, other than the first movie, which again is fantastic, I think Tony Stark works better with other people, like in the Avengers movies. He's great in those movies. I think his own movies, I almost just feel they run out of things for him to do. I just don't think he's that interesting on his own. Or maybe he just doesn't have villains that are interesting. I don't know. So, I mean, I'm... I'm lukewarm on this movie. It's good, like all the Marvel movies are, but certainly not among the best, in my opinion. Awesome. Uh, Kara, your thoughts? Uh, also, when did you first see the film? Sorry. I saw it in the theater when it came out. And um, like like Greg, this one and the second Iron Man movie, not huge on them compared to, like, if I compare the Iron Man 1 or the rest of the kind of the mcu as a whole there's so many great movies that have been, that have been made i don't three it's i don't i don't mind it like there's a the big thing with the mandarin that i'm really really not a big fan of they tied it in they kind of tried to fix it with that the one shot thing all hail the king that they did and and then re-watching it uh, just this evening tony stark in this movie is basically iron man even when he's not wearing the suit like there's so many times when he's so close to an explosion <laughs> and he did it like across the room through a wall or something. And he just, I'm fine. Let's keep going. Like that's, there was a, a lot of suspension of, disp- of uh, disbelief kind of in this one that is compared to some of the other Marvel movies where they kind of do it with a little bit more, you know, realism behind it. It's, it, it's still, you know, superheroes and shit, but it's, it's still kind of more realistic. I find which, that, that, which is very it. out of character for Shane Black. Uh, I, I feel, you know, yeah. certainly the guy who made Long Kiss Goodnight uh, really had a clear sense of uh, realistic physics. The DNA of Long Kiss Goodnight is very present in this film. Yes, definitely. Um, no, please continue, Carrie. Well, no, that, that was basically it. Like uh, the movie as a whole, like it's got some some really good scenes. Like the 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 whole part where Tony Stark is the kids, uh, he has having the anxiety attacks and stuff, and the kids like uh, build something. So he puts all that stuff together and that whole scene where he like goes to the hardware store and then infiltrates the Mandarin's compound and stuff. That whole thing's pretty cool. I like that. And you know, that it has some really good moments to it, but as a whole, it just it doesn't really hold up to some of those really good MCU movies that exist. Like even the first Iron Man movie, but that's that, that's my opinion, I guess. Yes. All right. Uh, Lee, when did you first see this? I know what are your thoughts? This was rental for me. First time DVD, not VHS. <laughs> I like this a lot. Uh, so you did not see this in 1989? No, I did no, not. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm a big Shane Black fan, so um, I love his writing. I, I think just first off, him and Robert Downey Jr. they're they're on a fucking level where they just know what to do together. You know, like I, I, I think I think Shane Black writes for Robert Downey Jr. really well, and he plays off 
what Shane Black writes really well. This this entire movie is basically just Tony Stark talking to people. Like it, it there there's some action at the end, but for the most part, it's just Tony Stark the character, and you get to see what a fucking dickhead he is. Like he he's you just get to see what an abominable piece of shit he actually is. You get to see him actually confront what a piece of shit he is and like realize that. I I think this movie is a big changeover for the character where he realizes, yeah, you know what? I'm really not a good person and I need to like change some things. And he tries to make some changes in this film. Uh, Good, good luck if that sticks around. Yeah, that's the thing. This is kind of a one-off, right? Like, this is kind of the, like, odd man out in the whole, like, Marvel Universe, other than the Hulk movie. It's kind of like the the bastard, the red-headed, no offense, Redbeard, but the red-headed stepchild of of the Marvel Universe kind of thing. I I am a red-headed stepchild, so it's fine. Oh, well, there you go. You you, you know that. Um, (laughs) No, but... I, I do like it. We'll, we'll get into the talk with the Mandarin and stuff. I, I like it a lot more than I think Redbeard does. I think this is a really good, just sort of mid-period thing for Tony Stark to develop his character and sort of transition to you know the future Avengers movies. For the most part, this really works for me. I enjoyed it. I enjoy just the fact that it's it's a showcase of Robert Downey Jr. just like riffing off this material and being Tony Stark and being awesome. But at the same time, being a piece of shit, but the piece of shit you want to watch and enjoy watching. And for that, I think this movie is fucking great. So there we go. Yep. Yeah, I saw this uh, in theaters uh, in 2013 and never rewatched it until I rewatched it yesterday. Despite that fact, uh, this is one of my all time favorites of these films and uh, possibly my absolute favorite of the uh, like it's it's in the running as as my absolute favorite uh, of these films that saying that said it's not much of a marvel universe film <laughs> they they definitely kind of like gave it to Shane Black and said you know like make something good and well, he did but it's, it's really, really the really good the, point the sequel to Iron Man 2 it's the third of the Iron Man series it ends up the kind of the the Tony Stark arc it does like kind of all the things it's supposed to do it follows up from the 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 first Avengers film but it really doesn't play into the larger world at all and I think that that's kind of what works about it is it just sort of like it just it, it actually does like come to sort of a finality it actually does give that character it's you know the arc reactor literally goes away at the end of this film yeah. right you know so it ends his arc like in a literal and figurative sense it also has a, a couple of my favorite action scenes. I mean like one of the favorite action sequences in the entire series I think the uh, it's a very brief it's like a minute and 42 seconds or something but it's it's the uh, the scene where the uh, the plane where uh, people fall out yeah. of the plane, oh, and then um, yeah. Tony Stark has to uh, kind of go on, and he doesn't have a lot of power, and he has to you know kind of clever his way into uh, saving everybody. And I think that one of the reasons that worked for me is that I saw this very soon after Star Trek Into Darkness, where there were there is this kind of a similar sequence where like the end of the like the hole gets ripped open, and people just like kind of get ripped out, and it's like well Star Trek should be the kind of thing where like people care about that but then nobody does because it's jj abrams being like doing his jj abrams bullshit but here like you know i didn't mind that movie, actually. i didn't well, mind it either but i mean there there is a criticism of like just jj abrams is much more invested in aesthetic than he is in people lens flares always with the lens flares yeah mm. so <laughs> i don't even mind flares. the lens flares <laughs> but anyway not to not to shit on that movie as a whole but i remember seeing that sequence 
and I saw this very shortly afterwards. And the fact that you see people get ripped out, and then you see like Tony Stark going and like saving them, it really kind of like hit me in the theaters in that moment. And since then, and also that sequence is fucking amazing. It's yeah. actually shot with a minimum of CGI. It's you know kind of shot practically. It's a brilliant sequence, and it's something like, you don't see a lot in the Marvel right. movies. Is stuff being done practically. And it's fucking terrifying. Like, you know, you actually feel a, a, you know, and I think partly that's an aesthetic source and partly that's a sort of thematic, partly that's just sort of kind of like you're actually caring about ordinary people who don't have superpowers. Yeah, for, and, first time I saw that sequence, I thought those people were all going to die. Right. And uh, it's funny how much like one little like minute and a half sequence has like stuck in my head for the for the last like six years since I saw that. Um I love the characters. I think it has one of the better villains in the entire series, certainly up until you get to Thanos, which is, you know, kind of the big villain that we're expecting. Um, I do like Guy Pierce. I do like him as this sort of like um, anti Tony Stark in a way. And in some ways, the more justifiable Tony Stark, in some ways he he's kind of right about things. Yeah, no, I just, I, I actually do really, really like this one. Um, I've been a big fan of Shane Black as long as I've been a movie nerd since, since, you know, I was like a teenager and it definitely borrows from a lot of the Shane Black tropes, which, you know, rewatching it was definitely, like oh yeah that's a shane black thing um mm-hmm. and uh you know how you feel about that is how you feel about that but um yeah uh greg any any kind of further thoughts anything uh any response there no i mean you and lee obviously enjoy the movie more than uh, i think Redbeard and i do and that's that's totally fine well one thing i will say and i this i don't know if i'm going too far in this uh, if we're gonna you know discuss plot by plot or not but just I, the one thing I found kind of strange when I'm watching the movie, especially the second half, you know, when the, all the president stuff happens, you know, the, the president are going to kill him. I'm like, I really feel Captain America would be involved in this. Like, I really feel if the president yeah. kidnapped, I really yeah. feel that. Like, and that that I guess is a little bit of my problem with a lot of these movies. I'm actually kind of happy that the big three. It's well, I guess Thor's getting another movie, but it kind of it would make sense for Captain America. The president just got kidnapped. This is clearly something Captain America would be right in there, being like. This, this, this is an Avengers-level threat, not just yeah. Iron Man on his own. Yeah. I mean, the movie even kind of acknowledges that, where they take War Machine and they make him the Iron Patriot, and they, they paint him red, white, and blue, and make him a symbol of, you know, American yeah. stuff like Captain America is. He's kind of the substitute for Captain America in this, and... Yeah, no, you're you're totally right. Like Captain America should have been involved in this, honestly. But, like like uh, you were saying, like Iron Man two had Black Widow in there, mm-hmm. and you know they they kind of like tied it more into the other the whole MCU as a whole. This one here, this movie, it doesn't really, you, it could have not been made, and it doesn't really have any really big impact on the MCU as a whole. It's just it, it's they don't there, no other Avengers are in there. There's nobody really. Like Captain America, at the very least, should have had, you know, somebody else should have been in there just to kind of give that whole cohesion kind of thing they're going for with this like twenty something movies they tied together. This one here feels like it could have just been tossed to the side well, overall. This, really, also how I feel they kind of improve things. Like I think I think Phase Two to me is a little bit iffy, but like you know, by the time you get to sort of Phase Three, then I mean uh, you got uh, Captain America Civil War, and I'm way ahead of where we are right now but you know that movie they knew who they had to have in there it wasn't technically an avengers movie it may as well have been called avengers 2.5 because they got the it wouldn't make it made sense if like yeah okay they can keep a few of them out of there but it wouldn't make sense if it was like well this is a captain america movie so in like iron man in this we can't have this 
even he should have had at least at the very least some sort of cameo or explanation why Captain America, you know, maybe I don't know, he's out defending some other threat that even in the in the first Thor movie that kind of stands on its own. They at least had like when the destroyer armor comes down and Coulson's like, is this one of Stark's guy? He don't, we don't know. He doesn't tell me anything. And they kind of threw, and then they, they Hawkeye was there for like two seconds. You know what I mean? Like at least those little kind of thing, this movie didn't, didn't really have any. Of yeah. That. I mean, I, I feel like it's written and I mean, it's written as it's a kind of its own thing. I feel yeah. like it's, you know, yeah. like it, it just doesn't like, it's not kind of considering that larger world. And I think that that's, you know, Shane okay. Black hasn't been brought back again. You know, like I also feel like the the you know to the degree the, the weakness of the film is in this sort of overall storyline involving the president and everything. I feel like all that stuff is ultimately really forgettable. It just raises the stakes. I feel like you know all you really need is you know Guy Pierce kind of kidnapping Pepper and kind of like bringing because it's all about like kind of Tony's responsibility to the people around him and like you know kind of bring Rhodey in as you know, the buddy kind of helping out. I feel like the rest of it is, is, you know, it is kind of, it's technically like it works, you know, as is kind of a thing that's kind of raising the stakes, but ultimately, yeah, you're right. It, it totally doesn't work within the, the larger, you know, kind of Marvel universe well, at all. You know, the, the whole movie feels like a conceit. And, and here's the thing. I know Shane Black, from what I've read, did not want a Mandarin character in this because mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's the stereotype thing with the Fu Manchu shit, right? You, you don't want to necessarily go, Hard and on they, that they, stuff. they could have they could have did something with that and still kept the kind of essence of the Mandarin with the ten the whole the the Mandarin is like if you read the comics and stuff and you know Iron Man the Mandarin is one of his the ultimate Iron Man enemy and the the way they they did him in this movie was they did him they did him wrong they did him they did him wrong uh, I I I I disagree. I disagree. I like the way they did this, honestly. And and here's the thing: I, I like the uh, the little aside where later on the uh, the one shot or whatever with uh, Slattery in the prison. And I did like where, that. I did like and, that. and where yeah, no, the Mandarin's actually real. The Ten Rings things is actually real, and he's going to take revenge on Slattery for impersonating him. Like I I, did, I, I, they need to do something with that. And actually, well, like, there is. There's hints on the uh, new Marvel series that's uh, coming out for the uh, Disney online thing where the Mandarin's going to be a villain hmm. uh, that's well, going to be brought up. So There was actually a, an Iron Man cartoon that came out a few years ago. It was kind of weird because it was Iron. He was a teenager, but his main villain was another teenager, but it was the Mandarin. And it was actually – it was a pretty decently well-done cartoon. Yeah, but I mean – I, I understand what they were going for with this. Is like, yeah, the I, I like the way they used the Mandarin. Like, I thought it was kind of smart that he's used as this. The idea of the Mandarin is used as a pawn. He, he's kind of an amalgamation of terrorists. He, you know, he's kind of Osama bin Laden. Yeah, uh, he's he's kind of Gaddafi. He's kind of all those kind of things rolled into one. Like, like and, until until they tell you, you know what I mean? Like and the buildup. Until you know he's fake, those propaganda videos and stuff they're doing, that that shit was like genuinely kind of disturbing and scary to watch. Like if that kind of thing happened in real life, if it's all of a sudden every TV channel goes to that and you see that kind of shit, that would be bloody terrifying. Yeah, and I love just the actor and far right regime that has uh, weapons that is being propped up by, uh, you know, 
the American indu- military industrial complex. Like that certainly isn't a thing that would happen in real life. <laughs> never. <laughs> no, never. not at all. Never. Uh, but, but I, I, I do love, I, I love Kingsley's performance here. In, oh, I, in, I, I, I will not knock him as an actor ever. He's amazing. No, and, and Kingsley's just this like fucking drug a, drug addicted stage actor who who's hired. He went, and, he went from uh, so scary to so funny. Like he became like he, it was genuinely funny. But it, it, I was still in the back of my head. I'm like, what the what the crap is happening right now? This is bullshit. I hate this. But I'm laughing because he his portrayal of, of Trevor Slattery was freaking hilarious. It was he's funny. so good, and like he's a piece of shit. Uh, you, you know, Killian's going to murder him eventually. Once he's done with him, he's going to kill him. Uh, and Slattery is just so enthused at the end that he's finally got the fame that's eluded him for so long. It's like he gets arrested, and all of a sudden, oh shit, they arrested the Mandarin, and everyone wants to know the fuck about him. You know, I, I thought that was just funny. The, the guy's just hanging around this mansion, banging hookers. And drinking Budweisers and, pl- and playing ping pong. It, it, it's just like it's so fucking. The performance is so fucking great. Fuck Tony Stark. By the way, that's great too. Tony Stark has to develop. He has to go to a hardware store and build all his shit to infiltrate this fucking uh, mansion estate. And you know he's got like the shock gloves and he's got the blow dart gun thing. That Christmas knocks- Christmas ornament grenades. Yes, and and he has to do all that shit. That's great. I love he actually, that. He actually straight up kills the guy in the friggin' fountain. I, like I watched that scene a couple times, and like, yeah, there's no way that guy's coming out alive. No, yeah, but no, no, this no, is this is a, this... he's just underwater while he does. Yeah, no, no, I guess. Oh, no, it's no, no, this, this is a... it's, Batman, it's Batman logic. He just he just crippled him for life. That's no, it's 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 not <laughs> even that. This is a Tony Stark who's straight up willing to kill people. Well, even when like, he makes like, a threat, like the uh, the public announcement, yeah, there, like he's, like he, he, he's, he's, dead. He tell, he's dead. Yeah, he tells the Mandarin, "You're a dead person. Like I'm going to kill you." And yeah, and, no, I, it may, maybe shouldn't have included the address because that whole that that was the first scene where the the missile comes in and explodes, and somehow they're not dead. And he has the the time wouldn't even work for how like it's that's like in slow mo, and Tony's like put the armor on Pepper, and the armor somehow is able to get on her before she's. From with the explosion point, oh yeah, the, wall no, kind the, of thing. the, the like, armor's yeah. magic in this. I, I also think there's a lot more problems with that scene. Like Tony Stark just gave the Mandarin ultimatum. Like the U.S. military wouldn't have fucking jets all over the compound, you know, because it's like, hey, clearly he's going to strike here. Maybe we can get him. Yeah, but, that goes back to yeah. your point, Greg. Where's why is Captain America not here? Why are the Avengers not going after the Mandarin? Because he's obviously a yeah. threat on the level of like a supervillain that they should be tackling, right? Yeah, it's again, it's not, it's not, he's not just some small little person. Like he's not the na- the neighborhood Spider Man, not going to take care of him. This is this is something big. There's these big but it, events yeah, happening, but it, 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 it becomes a personal thing that Tony Stark has to unveil <laughs> and and you know like get into. So. It, it, so yeah, this this movie is very singular in the in the Marvel universe. It, what do you, it's what do you very think disconnected. of that? Like when they had like the, the press conference around Cap around Tony Stark, where he gives the address and stuff. Like, what would the would the press not be swarming every other Avenger trying to get their take on everything? And Captain America would 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 he not have been like 
this guy's got to go down. I'm going to go take well, him down. Like, to, to be honest, if, if you're going with how the the rest of the Avengers sort of hold themselves in the public eye, they're not as public as Tony Stark. Tony Stark's like, yeah, fuck, straight up, I'm fucking Iron Man. Yeah, I'll like, give you that. Like, he, he does that shit, right? Like, Captain America would not be holding press conferences saying, oh, I'm going to do, th-. like, hey, guess what? I'm going well, I mean, to say holding a I'm press gonna... conference, but I'm just saying, like, he walks out of a building and people. Yeah, no, it. but I mean, Captain America is probably not a co- public person. Like, you won't yeah. see P- Captain America in the street necessarily. Potentially. As, a, as opposed to Tony Stark, who's just like, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, I'm Tony Stark. I'm Iron Man. Fuck you. Probably holds press conferences all the time talking about shit he's doing. Well, even like well, when he when he says the whole uh, Mandarin thing, he, that wasn't a press conference he was holding. He was just getting he was oh, getting, no. going to his car or something, and they just all were there. <laughs> no, yeah, and- he's going he's going to the Iron Man suit, which he parks outside like a bike. That was the first time. Either like my 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 big thing is, I mean, this is Tony Stark, like. I, like, do you really even need to give your address? I would imagine. No, no, no. I was just going to land at, like, the idea that, like, Tony Stark is, like, my house is really unassuming. It's out in the suburbs, yeah. you know? It's oh, a no, damn you know, side of a mountain. Like, come no, on. That's, 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 that's just, time, uh, though. That, that house being it's there. It's like, more I've dared the Mandarin to come after me. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a pretty big state beyond that. And you know what I'm like? I, I, you can have a house like that and have like not a, not a lot of people know who no, no 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 it, 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 Tony, Tony, Tony Stark, Stark. everybody Tony Stark. Fucking knows where Tony Stark lives yeah no everybody knows like the man yeah oh no the Mandarin can't find out Tony Stark's address I, I from like Google that, uh, or Happy shit, Hogan right? even has like a line where it's like I kept telling people I was Iron Man's bodyguard and they laughed at me it's like well yeah duh you know, <laughs> like, you know it's like you know Tony Stark, everyone knows where Tony Stark live, lives. He's he's cutting a wrestling promo on the Mandarin, daring him to fuck him up. Yeah. But, oh, 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 Happy Hogan, by the way, I want to say, fucking amazing. They could do a flashback where where Happy Hogan has, oh. like, the, he has the, like, the the John Travolta. He fucks up a tree. When she's, like, touches the tree, and he's, like, she, they leave the room, and he's, like, messes with it and pulls a leaf off. That was awesome. No, that, it's not even that. It's his fucking look. It's the John Travolta fucking 90s look that he's, like, trying to throw. <laughs> John Favreau, I, like, as a director and an actor, I really fucking like that guy. He's fucking amazing. He, he, seems, he seems like a guy that'd be really fun to just, like, hang out with. Uh, that, uh, that look is so good. It's just, you're John Travolta with a fucking goatee. That's Pulp Fiction John Travolta right there. It's like you got the I same. Was, I was thinking like Crispin Glover from, yeah. uh, you know. <laughs> was that the Will- Willard? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> off. That was a freaky movie. I like that movie. Now, now the other thing I'm going to throw out there, and this is just a vibe I got. Maybe I'm completely crazy, but when they got to the whole Snowtown thing, first of all, to me, that felt kind of low budget for a Marvel movie that it just kind of struck me that way. I don't know why. I also got some weird Fargo vibes from that. And I, I I'm not yeah. I, maybe just, <laughs> but I was just kind of like, Oh, this suddenly seems like kind of a small town mystery happening. And then the fire. Uh, I, I, I two great things happening at once in, in the movie. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. When, when he here, gets here. to the town and he like lands, a like crash lands after passing out in the suit or around that, however that, that happened. And he flies for so long and then the power dies and he gets out of the suit. It's like, I'm going to cozy up back in the suit. And Jarvis is like, I'm going to take a nap now. And so <laughs> the suit's laying there all open. And then like the next scene, is him pulling the suit, and the suit's all closed up. How did he get the suit closed up without the power from Jarvis, who went to sleep? That was kind of a 
I, I like to imagine something. there is like a like a mechanical like way to do that if you needed to. I mean, he's got he's got all he run got... the suit off his arc reactor in his, in in, in his oh suit. oh like if we want to talk like the logic just doesn't work. The whole point of oh we got to recharge the suit. No, the suit works off of the arc reactor. That's the whole logic. You know, if you look at the amount of energy that thing produces, it's like the entire capacity of Earth. Yeah, is how much energy that thing produces. Like, no, we're just going to plug it into a battery for a few hours and so no, that's not at all the way. Like, so, so I mean, just the fundamental logic of oh, it's go back to that because the arc arc reactor has so much power. That's actually a decent. I think they put in the movie that was kind of decent because it wasn't charging nearly as fast as you wanted it to when he was with the kid and trying to get it to recharge. Right. So. It wouldn't have charged as fast without the arc. Uh, it's, it's it's, it's all know. magic. It, it's all yeah. magic at that point. It's, the arc reactor is basically magic. Again, like um, I, over, overall, I like the movie, but there's the, the, I feel like as far as Marvel movies go, this one had a lot of those kind of there's there's a lot of bold, a, a lot of suspension of disbelief. Like I said, yes, I there's there's yeah. a lot of conceits here. Like I mean, the, the, he's injecting shit in both arms so mm. he can little mini computers in his arms so he can make the pieces of the Iron Man suit fly into him. And that doesn't work out for him at all because they, they, they keep hitting him in the dick. They keep like knocking him out and, and knocking him over. And then like his suits without, this is one of the cool things I like with this. So uh, there's a big thing about how he makes a million fucking suits and he doesn't really use them. Like he, this goes on eventually to the Avengers where he's got the drones and shit, right? But he makes all these fucking suits and there is a point here made that the suit ain't shit without the human component. The suit is, you know, it's powerful, but it's super disposable without the human component. And you yeah, see that in the action scenes. Along the side of the, the, the suit thing there, like the whole autonomous thing, and just like it got to the point, like when uh, the the suit, when he's dreaming, and he summons the one suit, and it, it's like strangling Pepper or whatever, like in her sleep. Yeah. Like that's The, the, suit, the suits get kind of crazy. And she, and, and she makes the comment like, what are you, there must be number 15 by now. And he looks down, and it's number 42. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and then yeah. uh, at the end scene where you had all this autonomous suit, he had basically a whole army of Iron Men. And some of them were just getting their ass kicked by just yeah. goons with guns and stuff. So clearly some, – Some of them are weirdly specialized. Like the one that like runs in and like holds up the girder and like some of them just – some of them are obviously meant to be, you know, put into the – the construction world or something, you know, like you get the sense that Tony Stark is just like incredibly bored. Like he, <laughs> he has no life and all it is is to, like, Hey, I'll make an Iron Man suit that can lift shit. Well, like, he's like, he's, 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 he's a person doing something. I can make an Iron Man suit to do that. I can make it. I can make an Iron Man suit with a dick hole that I can piss out of. Like, wow. like he, he would do that. Like, like Tony Stark would totally make a suit that would make wonder, it easy like, for him to shit out of. Like, it's, it's, it's already it's already implied and like kind of assumed that the suit has some kind of diaper system going on. Like, <laughs> like just, just how, how long can he be in the suit? Before that has to be empty, like, does he have to? Does he have to go to like one of those RV stations and like mm. empty his hose or something? Like, well, and then you have to get to the the talk about later later on when we get about like ten films ahead with Endgame. Uh, where was Tony Stark shitting on that uh, fucking space shuttle? <laughs> Him and Nebula. That was a uh... yeah. That, 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 that must have been a stinky ship, right? But but it was a space ship. It wasn't like a tiny shuttle. It was at least a. It might have had a bathroom of some kind. 
Yeah, whatever. By that uh, point, he's got magic nanotech that can just make it go away. So you know, nanotechnology yeah, yeah, that yeah. disposes of the waste. Yeah, he'd probably do that. Maybe, maybe that's how. Maybe that's how the nanobots were were fed. Yeah, like, yeah, I guess he, maybe. He never, he never has to go to the go to an actual bathroom again because he just goes to the bathroom, and the nanobots are like dinner time. Maybe who knows? So, uh, all the future uh, Iron Man suits have shit for brains. That's yeah. what we have. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about how Stony Tark is? Uh, Stony, Stony Tark, yep. Stony Tark. Tark. That was the best. Wow. The best ever. Stony wow. Tark. I am so drunk right now. Um, <laughs> that was great. Can, can we talk about how Tony Stark gives a weapon to a child, basically? <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that, that was like the, he ends up using it on uh the, the the henchman guy but if if he had been at school or something and used that on a bully no, this is, that, this like, is that, that that kid would have been expelled forever this right? is this is this is like henry portrait of a serial killer only, yeah you know like iron manager like dad. what could could you like he doesn't even tell him what it does. It's just like, yeah, you point this at the kid's face. And it, he will it, it, not it deters bully. It, it deters yeah. bullies. It's not lethal. That's all you need to know. Here, here's the question. Like, I'm I'm not a I'm not opposed to this. I, I, I think it's cool. I, I like it. But do you think anyone would make a movie now in this in this day and age? Like and it's weird. It's not that far removed from now, but at the same time, it kind of feels like it is. Do you think anyone would make a movie now where a, a grown man gives a child a weapon and says, use it on your bully in school? If if it's as charming as, uh, I mean, like, what did, it, uh, what did he do? What did he do with Tom Holland? He gave him like that times a thousand, right? Okay, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, but still, like the, the way he, what is far from home? I'm going to give you the said, entire arsenal of like the the human race. Again, in Here, this one, I'm this dead one. now. Like, but, but I mean, I mean, Tom, Tom Holland isn't Holy. using that against Flash Thompson, though. Like, in this one, he specifically said, "This is for use against bullies." Yeah, like this, this is, is like, for you to bring to school and deter bullies from being bullies to you. It's like here, use a repulsor blast on on your bully's face. That I, probably not going to work. Like that's if I had a repulsor in high school and public school, people would people would have been dead. <laughs> Because oh, like it's like well, I'm right again the, the redheaded stepchild right here, uh, I, and, and I'm a redheaded freckle faced boy named Carrie. <laughs> Public school was not a great time. For I, I feel you already repulsed people though. Yeah, well, I love you, Greg. <laughs> I, I already have a handheld repulsor. It's called my penis. But uh, wow, oh, well, shit. Oh, oh that's that, uh, that's, uh, that's Daniel's boomstick. Yeah. Well, I. I'm, um, I'm, I'm going to just say one thing here that I loved about this movie, that I love about every Iron Man movie and every Avengers movie, and that's Don Cheadle, and I fucking love him. He is fantastic as War Machine or Iron Patriot or whatever. He was great in this movie. I feel he's kind of always feels like he, everyone skips over him. And I'm he, so gets to, he gets to do a lot of this film. He gets to kick ass. Ooh, like, yeah. he, like he... Like, that, like that, that, both that, as Iron Patriot that, and as Don Cheadle, yeah. And no. guy, the, guy that played, the guy that played Rhodey in the first movie that Terrence wanted Howard. too much money for the for the subsequent shit, he's got to be just like, yeah. When I watched the Iron Man two for the first, like you know, watching back to back kind of thing, it's like it's not as much of a shock as say watching a uh, Silence of the Lambs and then Hannibal, but oh, that's, that's, that's a pretty different looking black man. You know what I mean? Like that they're both black. You know, whatever they don't all look the same, but it's a bit of But yeah, again, and I don't, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get a tangent. I'm sorry, but yeah, some, some, people, some people, people say they all look the same kind of thing. I don't see that. But anyway, when it changed, 
it was like, is this going to be okay? Because I've seen Don Cheadle in more comedic things. He was like, it's Saturday Night Live for so long and stuff like yeah. that. And then, but no, like he all the way to the end played a fantastic War Machine slash Iron yeah. Patriot. It was great. No, he's no, so he, good. And I'm actually glad that dude from the first movie, I don't even know what his name is. Karen Howard. I'm glad he didn't ask. He asked for too much money because I don't think he would have been anywhere near as entertaining as Don Cheadle is in this role. And I think he's great in every Avengers movie and using some of the Captain Americas. Yeah. The only, the only thing I remember him from and like the, in the, in the original Iron Man really is when Tony takes off and he looks over next time. Like, yeah, next time, baby. That's the only thing I really remember about him. Yeah. yeah no, no. Don Cheadle's great in these and, in this film, like, actually, this is probably the one film in the. It's it's weird. This is the one-off Marvel film that's like kind of feels really disconnected and singular from the rest of the fucking uh, series. But at the same time, this is the one where he really gets to shine a lot because yep. it's almost only, as if those two things are connected. Yeah, really. Yeah, it's like it's almost as if sh- you put Captain America in this, you wouldn't really see him do shit. Because <laughs> Captain America would have done all this. Oh man. <laughs> It's almost a movie. There's a reason Captain America isn't in this. I yeah. can't imagine. Uh, could have, uh, they could have had a team up of three. Yeah, but I mean, Don Cheadle, like as, as Brody, he he not only gets to be awesome in the Iron Patriot suit or the War Machine suit, as it should be known as, he he, he gets to be awesome just like out of the suit. Like he he gets out of the suit and he starts kicking ass. Uh, the, suit, the suit got taken out really oddly easily. Like when when he's well, that's that. when he's uh, le- le- letting the letting the Muslim whatever the people in the no, but it, it, it's it's fine and, because the whole plan how uh, Killian has so many people like just under his thumb, he orchestrated the whole thing. Like he knows how to take out the Iron Patriot suit. Basically, is, is and is the, what it is. the girl that took him out there, she seemed familiar to me. Daniels, you know who who she was specifically? Uh, I feel like, I feel like you're more of the you really would know. I don't believe it was the same actress, but it certainly looked like that blonde chick from Third Rock from the Sun. No, not at all. No, no. I thought it did, but maybe. Yeah, the, the, and the weird thing is, is the whole, like, all those soldiers that were, had that treatment done to them. Uh, a lot of them are actually, like, minor Marvel Comics characters that are, like, their names are basically, to, it, it, like. Oh, yeah? Here, here's the thing that the Marvel Universe does in these films. They name drop characters that are minor characters. And they just repurpose them for their films or whatever. Gotcha. So it's so it's for like fanboys. But I, I did the, like the uh, the one henchman guy, kind of the most of the the, the main henchman guy, I guess mm-hmm. you say. He he was, you know, he was just like he was so cocky and like arrogant. Like from the first time you see him, what happens in the uh, thing and kill kill get, Killinger, sorry, is in there talking to Pepper, and he's there reading his magazine with his like leg over the chair and stuff, and he's all just. Who the fuck? He's like, well, just kind of that who the fuck cares attitude. And yeah, and Happy's I, like, I, hey, I, hey, fucking yeah. name tag. Bitch. And he's like, yeah, yeah, here it is right here. It puts it yeah, back yeah, down. Yeah. I, I, I liked him for whatever reason. He And I and I loved Iron Man blowing a fucking hole through him, too. It's like, yeah, fuck hmm. you. Well, again, like it was like he was like he was like, one of those likable kind of henchmen, livable guys. Like, you're going to die, but you know, you're enjoyable to watch on the screen and stuff. And he just, yeah, no, like, they they yeah. built him enough to the point where it's like, I want to see Iron Man kill your ass. Like, yeah, just yes. fuck you. Yes, yes. That actress you're referring to had a like a bunch of credits. She was in Once Upon a Time for like forty episodes, sixty-seven no, episodes. Or something. I know her from. I know her from, I, I know her from something. I don't know what it is. Not that. Yeah, I mean, you know, nothing. But nothing it's obvious. It, it, it's like they never go back to her. It's like she, 
like like as far as you know, like that character in in the Marvel universe, she continues on with the extremists, like whatever in her, and never you know gets caught or blows up or whatever. What, you know? What's what's her actual yeah, I mean, name? Her uh, the actress's name is uh, Rebecca Mater. She's got forty nine credits. <laughs> uh, she's been in a ton of stuff, so I don't know what the thing that you're thinking of is. But yes, yeah, so I'm studying right now, and I'm gonna. I will figure it out. She was in an episode of Thirty Rock, credited as Super Hot Lady. <laughs> well, that works. Yeah, to give you the uh, the clarity on that. Uh, speaking you know of Super Hot sad, Lady, sadly enough, no wait, that's 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 not TV. That's film. Sorry, I never keep talking. Talk, talk, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephanie uh, Shostak, definitely a fan. Uh, she was the uh, the smoking hot redhead, if I can make that joke. Mm-hmm. She said the one the one that had no arm and grew an arm. Yes, that one. Yeah, the old might. Yes, she was, and she had like a, like a scar on her face or something as well. That was yeah, there. yeah. But, yeah, like I, the, but I, I don't care or whatever. She's supposed care. to. She's supposed to be like a like a war veteran. Like she, it yeah. was, you know. still, she was still absolutely beautiful, like, like sexy as hell. You know what it is? I want to say no, no ordinary family. I think maybe is where I saw her. Yeah, no, that she's she's in that. Yeah. I, like, a, I also like how, how they nodded to how the vice president was corrupted because his daughter had a disability as well, where she was amputated. That was a subtle, like, little piece of writing, which was like really, and, and that was uh, Miguel Ferrer as the vice yep. president, who has a small pivotal role in Traffic. If uh, anybody mm-hmm. remembers that film, uh, no, I love that. I mean, there is there is something. I mean, this is this is we're we're kind of nearing the end of uh, you know kind of the the more realistic quote unquote. Uh, you know, kind of like military industrial complex uh, Marvel films and starting to get into uh, space magic, space <laughs> wizards and shit. You know, Captain America 2 is probably the, the end of, of, of the sequence, really. really um, is, yeah. But I think there really is a sense in which, you know, we see so many of these, they are at least gesturing towards this idea that a lot of these people are veterans who have been damaged by the wars and all that sort of thing. And they do absolutely nothing interesting with it, ultimately. And, and I, and I kind of, you know, I've, whined about that on this podcast and I will continue to whine about it on this podcast, but I think it works here because we're so like intimately focused on like Tony Stark and his kind of character development. You know, it sort of makes sense that we're not kind of looking at the big picture. And uh, I do, I do think that like kind of Tony Stark with PTSD and this sort of character arc, I really do like that. And I really do think it works in this film. Again, it makes no sense in the larger like Marvel Cinematic Universe because no. they just immediately forget everything that's done here. Like at yeah. the end of the film, he's supposed to basically ride off into the sunset. I'm not making any more suits. I don't have the shrapnel in my heart anymore. I'm just going to go and fuck a uh, redheaded uh, Gwyneth Paltrow for the mm-hmm. rest of my life. And like, yeah. yes. Congratulations. Big you saved book the world. For Gwyneth Paltrow, apparently. He kept up with the news. What? She's a big proponent of pubic hair, if you didn't know that. I did not know. <laughs> she's, a, she's a big proponent of a lot of weird she's shit. A proponent yeah. of like, weird rocks that you like put in your vagina to like strengthen your vagina muscles and stuff. Yeah, I know. She. Like, here's the thing. I, I really like Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> in these movies. I think she's hot. I think she's sexy. As a person, she's fucking nuts. I don't recommend anyone ever like see anything she remember, does outside of movies because what? She, remember Shallow Hell? She wasn't in Shallow. No, that was someone else in Shallow. No, Hell. that was her. Pretty sure that was her. Yeah, she was that the girl. Was it? Oh, was it? Okay, I honestly don't care. Uh, like, <laughs> great. She. Uh, all great, I care great. about all I care about is the fact that she's a hot redhead in these movies, 
And outside of that, she's a crazy person that no one should ever listen to because she's fucking terrible and <laughs> great actress, kind of an awful person. But, yes, uh, yeah. Not she's good at pretending to be people. She's not really good at being a people. No, she's yeah. she's kind of a pod person, really. Yeah. Like, my final thoughts: This is a good movie. I, I I wish it had leaked out into the rest of the movies more. It's it's kind of a really singular encapsulated thing, which is unfortunate. Because Shane Black is super talented and like they might have done better to draw on his talents in further fucking uh, installments of the series. But as it sits, if, if you're looking for a really good talky Iron Man film, this is the film for you. Final thoughts, Greg? Um, I mean, I guess I, I agree with what Lee said is there is an awful lot of Tony Stark in this if you like him talking. Yeah, I mean, this film to me does feel disconnected. And I'm just repeating what you guys have already said. Sort of, I, I think this movie may have been better when it first came out. And I just don't think it's aged that well in the grand scheme of the Marvel Universe. And I don't think they could probably ever make another movie again like this. Because at this point, everything sort of has to be connected to, well, up until then it was Thanos. And now it's going to be whatever the next big villain or threat is. Well, that's part of what I like about it, right? Like, instead of it... Having to be, doom, and that's why they bring the Fantastic Four into the fold mm. stuff. Well, and to me, that, that's a good thing. I, I, li- I like the progress of the series. It is interesting to go back and watch some of these movies. I think, in hindsight, I'm not a general fan of Phase Two, even a lot of Phase One. I think a lot of it is they're still trying to find their footing. So again, I'm I'm going to say probably in the grand scheme of things, this movie's sort of in the in the lower half for me. I don't know exactly where it is until we one day do a ranking, which I'm sure we'll probably do. Yeah. But again, I actually, some of the guy points you guys made are pretty good. I mean, I think this movie is not by any means a terrible movie. I don't think any Marvel movie is a terrible movie, but it's just not up there for me with, but they're not, they're not, they're not cinema. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks Martin Scorsese. Well, I mean, I would argue it's all part of the Marvel cinematic universe, but literally their name indicates they are cinematic at the very least. Well, no, like I, I, Robert Downey Jr.'s arc alone, from his first his first appearance, all the way through till spoiler alert, his death in Endgame. It's what? Like, yeah, <laughs> he's it, it. It's it's cinema. It's it's not super ultra dramatic traditional cinema that Martin Scorsese has been kind of messing with his whole life, but, but it's what is now. That's what I, it is. It's like, I just, I, I said this on another podcast and I'm just going to leave it here. Uh, you know, whatever you think about, like whether these films are art or not, or, you know, whether they, you know, uh, you know, there is not a single one of the Marvel cinematic universe films that is as terrible as Wolf of Wall Street. So I think we can all just agree <laughs> Good on that. Point. And move forward. Uh, Carrie, any uh, final thoughts about this film? Anything you want to get out there? Just basically did. I, it's not like basically kind of agreeing with Greg. If I had to do some kind of a ranking, this is going to be below the halfway point, kind of in the bottom half. Not at not at the bottom, I don't think, but in that bottom half. Mainly because of just the amount, like compared to like so many other, the only other scene that really sticks in my head would be like in uh, the Avengers, the first movie where Loki tosses Tony out of the building and he barely gets into the new suit just in time. Uh-huh. And then like, he's like that far away from these people on the ground and flies away with his like, and, and they, their faces don't get seared off. <laughs> 
that was kind I, of like I'm I, I'm really amazed at how much you guys care about the physics of these movies. So, like if you if you really want to sit and talk about they put so much effort into making so many things be right. I, I can't you know, wait until we find scenes you guys like, and I am so gonna pull the physics well, apart. I'm down. Yeah, yeah, this movie, though, like again, this movie from like what I'm just like the the, the most number of, and even in that the first scene where the helicopter comes in, there's like three or four missiles it shoots that are like two feet away from him, and he's just like being bounced around the place all over. And it's like, yeah, I'm fine. Let's just keep going, and. It just the, the amount of suspension of disbelief this movie requires is kind of, I guess, my biggest gripe about it. Because again, I, I do love a lot, a bunch of the movie. There's a great, there's great scenes all over the movie, but there's also scenes that. Yeah, Gary, have you seen an action movie before? <laughs> like this I, have, so... I have. I have. <laughs> okay, it's fine. Yeah, that's it's fine. that, that's it's basically fine. it, though. Yeah, just yeah, love the, I, I like the movie. Just it's got some weird like OCD kind of issues for me or something. I don't okay, know. okay. <laughs> Again, I reiterate, I love this one. This is uh, very near the top of my list on these, and I'm uh, and I'm willing to be wrong uh, on that. But uh, I I really love this one. I, I I kind of adore the whole like structure and uh, almost everything about it. I do think that the the third act when it does turn more into a Marvel movie, kind of like it turns me off. Like I really like more the. You know the the stuff of uh, Tony Stark kind of going off and doing his own thing and kind of doing his own having his own little smaller adventure. I would love to see more like small Marvel movies. Like let's do some fifty million dollar movies instead of two hundred million dollar movies and kind of see what these characters do in, in kind of more like interesting situations. Yeah. But ultimately, yeah, like this doesn't feel like it's part of that same universe. I mean, you can just drop this one completely out and like nothing is lost because ultimately they just pretend this one didn't happen to a certain degree and so uh yeah no that, yeah. that's, I mean, that's about it. Yeah, i mean i know tony stark uh, this is sort of the end of his original arc anyway but i mean let's be honest the end of his arc is really an end game like that's even if you don't count his well they they reboot back. his arc basically is what they do they retcon it <laughs> they, they just go far, like what if iron man 3 didn't happen and he's as far just, as as far as some somehow maybe bring the mandarin back into the mcu if they, I, I don't see how they could possibly do that without either resurrecting or making a new Iron Man, because like the the Mandarin is a straight up, like well, no, he, 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 no he, he's a villain to other he's a villain to other Marvel superheroes. It, it is he that much though? The Master like, of Kung Fu, the series they're doing in the Marvel with, with the Disney stuff, the Mandarin's going to be the main villain in that. Oh really? I did not realize that. Yeah, so the, the they're resurrecting the the Mandarin for that. So I like it. So the Mandarin's a thing, and he's just okay. used as a you know as a scarecrow in this movie, basically kind of thing. I, I am looking forward to seeing what they do with these, like the the, Lo- the Loki show that's apparently going to be like they're putting a the, lot of- the alternate timeline from Endgame kind of thing is going to be that's how Loki's going to start. And then there's a what the Winter Soldier and Falcon series that's happening. There's going to be yeah. there's a few shows I want to. I'm, I'm interested in those. It's going to be cool. Yeah, yeah. Disney's got my fucking money because I'm going to sign up for that shit. Sadly. Oh yeah, but, yeah. But no, uh, it, it, basically, it, Netflix it, is and, done. That's and, 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 yeah, and, and here's the thing. Um, I don't I know if they kill. It won't kill Netflix. It'll hurt them. But Netflix is Netflix's original content. They have enough good original content they're making that they'll they'll be fine. I think. I don't know why maybe no I, I think they'll be fine for other things. I mean, you know what? Disney's 
you know, Disney's Disney. They're going to have the best series and stuff. Obviously, Netflix is not going to have Marvel, but I think there's enough on Netflix that they're going to make their money. Maybe they won't make as much money as they do now. I can, Disney's going to get to the point where, like, the government's going to have to intervene and be like, you guys are just – you own too much. Break break, break <laughs> apart or something. No, no. Uh, the United States is under a capitalist system. They're never going to do that. Sorry, that, that's never going to happen. I was under the impression that I started this hangout it as a happen. private hangout, but we're getting comments. Are we live? So we're apparently we're live and people are seeing this shit. Uh, Kent Beer Reviews is here saying, cheers, guys. Sorry, I never knew you guys were going live. Yeah, I didn't know we were going live either. <laughs> that, apparently I fucked this up. Uh, Eric Gilbert says, cheers, fools. Live uh, Rajay from Rajay Beer Ventures says, cheers, guys. Disbelief in a comic movie? Question mark. And, his, and Eric Gilbert says his head is shaking. And yeah, so... Uh, Apparently, I fucked up and did not make this as private as I thought I did, but that's all right. Well, well, thank God we got rid of the segment where Carrie just danced around naked for a while. Yeah, I, I'm glad you guys didn't see uh, that we shit. Should've, we should have made sure that happened while people were watching. That would have been the yeah. kind of boost our... Anyway, uh, Greg, where can we find you on the internet? Um, you can't really find me. I have beer, uh, the beer burglar beer tube channel. I don't really put anything on it. Eventually I might put something on it. You can follow me if you want. It doesn't cost you any money. I can't guarantee you'll get any satisfaction from it. It's kind of like having sex with me. So <laughs> I, I can, I can, I, I get that feeling. Yeah. Uh, Carrie, uh, where can we find you? I am Redbeard, B-E-E-R-D, because I like beer. I'm so witty. And uh, that's kind of my handle, Redbeard or Redbeard Gaming on most platforms out there. Actually, after this, I'm very possibly going to be going live on YouTube playing some Minecraft. So, yay. Awesome. We will check that. I will not check that out. I'm going to bed. But uh, people <laughs> can check that out. Uh, Lee, where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me, and you can find Daniel at tmbdos.podbean.com, where you can find our all of our podcasts at uh, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, all that good stuff. You can find all those links, and uh, I mean, if if you like hearing us talk, that's the place to go. Otherwise, you might want to avoid it. But you know, yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. Uh, me, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Daniel Lee Harper. If you want to find me. Uh, I do that podcast, Amos Food Astronomy. I also do a podcast about uh, terrible people, Nazis, right wing shitheads. No terrible things to believe that said, I don't speak German. I don't speak German.lipson.com. If you want to listen to me talk about things that aren't Marvel movies, although we did an episode about a Marvel movie, but not really. It's weird. Anyway, um, check that out. And um, yeah, yeah thanks for uh, checking out the episode. And uh, until next time. Thanks, thanks for having me once again. We're yeah. always, we always love having you guys. Uh, it's always a fun time. And uh, next time when we do another one of these uh, Cape Shit episodes, uh, we're going to be doing uh, Thor: The Dark World. Yeah, favorite. Um, that's that, that should be fun. That will yeah. be fun. Yeah. Uh, and until then, um, we'll see you. Cheers. Bye. Cheers is a great movie. You have been listening to Cape Shit. For other episodes, please visit tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through.